0: Today, we're going to do a two-part series on Appreciate You. It's a Thanksgiving season. It's uh, being thankful. It's outreach. It's uh, family. It's friends. Uh, All of that goes with Thanksgiving. So we want to share with you this message today on helping you to really, hopefully, get outside even more of yourself and to appreciate people and to value people. This this has been a tough year for many people. There are still people that are at home for whatever reason and uh, you are there, you feel the need to get out but there's a reason maybe you're living with an elderly parent and so we understand that but we also know you need encouragement and uh, we want to be here to encourage you, but at the same time, don't wait. You reach out, and uh, you call people, and you get in touch with people, and you encourage people, and you lift up people, and all of a sudden, you will find your own spirit lifted. Amen? So, when we look at the word uh, appreciate, uh, I think also of the word uh, appreciation, or, uh the term appreciate means to add value. Something appreciates uh, value is or worth is added to it. Maybe a home, some of you maybe bought a home. Uh, it's gone up in value already and you're excited about that. Uh, for those of you that are uh, buying, it's a it's a seller's market. Um, boy, uh, so many people looking for homes in the Orlando area, and no doubt if you have a home, the value has gone up. Now, compare that to a car, if you go buy a new car, and listen, if you can afford it, uh, wonderful, I have, I don't care what kind of car you get, you can afford it, it's not gonna be a burden to you. No, you do whatever you wanna do, but know this, as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's going to depreciate, all right? And that's what I want you to do because two years later, I'll buy your car, all right? And so it'll be much cheaper and uh, you can go get another one and get it ready for me, all right? That's the way I operate. It's not being cheap, it's being frugal. Don't ever call me cheap, all right? So anyway, don't even ever imply. Great artwork goes up in value. It appreciates. And then uh, a rare vintage car appreciates um, i bought my really my first car that i bought was a 68 camaro 354 in the floor hideaway oh it was wonderful all right so anyway uh do you know how much it cost eighteen hundred dollars when i paid for eighteen hundred dollars i made payments on it i uh, gave them 1200 i think i'd saved up but Eventually that car became, that's not it, all right? So, all right, eventually that big car became much more expensive. Now let's go to the one they just showed on the screen. I'm gonna show you that car again, a rare vintage car. It was a 1953, there it is, put it on my screen so I can look at it, 53 Buick Skylark convertible. Whoa, isn't that beautiful? It's my color too, Uh, blue, my favorite color. Wow, it is gorgeous, 1953. To my shock, uh, the best I can find is that it would have cost around $5,000 in 1953. That was a lot of money back then. Today, that car in that condition would be upwards $200,000. It has appreciated in value, to say the least. Now, you may be wondering why I chose a 1953 car. Now, if you're thinking it's because I'm 53 years old, I love you. I love you, all right? I just want you to know just you thinking that makes me love you even more, all right? So, anyway. Uh, and uh, I'm not telling you whether it's true or not, it's none of your business. Anyway, so, but that is a beautiful car that has gone up in value. Truth of the matter is, uh, my parents paid about uh, less than $100 when I was born. Uh, I've gone up in value, all right, so literally, all right. When I first came to this church, they paid me $100 a week. Thank God that's increased, all right, so over, over the years, well, things go up in value. We want to appreciate you. That speaks of value. I want to use that word a lot because I want you today to feel valued. Maybe look over at the person next to you. They are a valuable person. They are worth something. Worth something. And yes, if you're here with your Married partner, look over at them, say, okay, yeah, yeah, you're worth something, all right? Maybe you got into an argument on the way to church. Now's the time to resolve it, all right? We got an altar over here and one over here, one for both of you. No, won't you have the same one, all right? Won't you have the same one? Years ago in 1887, something happened. A man, the Secretary of State of America, saw some value in some land. It was the state of Alaska. At that time, it was Russian territory. The Russians agreed to sell it to the Americans. Very few people saw value in that land. But the Secretary of State saw value in that land. His name was William Seward. So he sees value in it and agrees to pay $7.2 million, 1887. I'm sure the Russians were thinking, crazy Americans, land frozen, uh, what's it worth? $8.2 million we paid, two cents an acre. Think about it, two cents an acre. How many of you know that was a good purchase, but in the beginning... They called it his folly, his icebox, but then when commercial gold, gold was discovered there, everything changed at that point, and the poor Russians were thinking we shouldn't have sold it, but uh, it has gone way up in value. He saw value when very few saw value. Now, church, I want you and I to see value in people around you, and in people that uh, are in the kingdom of God. I want you to see value even when others don't see the value. Amen? I want you to value people. I don't want us to be like some, like, uh, they got problems. I'm staying away from them. No, they, all of us have problems. But if God has brought a problem person into your life, it may be because God wants you to pray for them and speak into their life because they are valuable also. So we go the first mile, the third mile, the fourth, and the fifth mile. Say amen. All right. Well, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Now we exhort you, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. Now we exhort you, brethren. Warn those who are unruly. Even in the church 2,000 years ago, there were a few unruly people. I don't know of anyone in our church, but I'm sure in the Nazarene church across the street, my good friend pastor over there, maybe he's got one. Somebody unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. This has been a difficult year. There are people that have been faint-hearted. They're like, their heart faints. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen to them. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they've been cut back. They're faint hearted. All of us maybe have been there, so let's encourage or comfort the faint hearted. Then he says, Uphold the weak. Uphold them. Don't push them aside. Don't devalue them. Don't depreciate them. No. Speak value into their lives. Be Patient with all. Be patient with everyone. It's amazing. The church of Jesus Christ never changes. There's always a few unruly. There's always some fainthearted. There's always some weak. There's always some that try our patience. But God died for those people. And you and I are a part of their solution. And so God help us to do that. Paul writes to this church and tells them, This is the way I want you to treat other people because Christ saw value in their lives. Now, Christianity is all about relationships. First and foremost, it's about our relationship with Christ. But then, God does not want us to walk through life by ourselves, without friends, without relationships, no. Goodness gracious, no. Christianity is about these relationships too. It's a part about being a part of a church where you meet people, you engage people, you speak into people's lives, you, you show yourself friendly. If you have no friends and you say, I don't have any friends, I hate to tell you this, but my word back to you, if you'll do what the word says, show yourself friendly, you will have friends. Because there's always somebody else looking for a friend, so find one, amen? So it's about Christ, it's about relationships on this side. That's why when people are missing, and this week I thought of a couple of people, and immediately I was like, ah, ah, I haven't seen them in a long time. And as I thought about them, I I text somebody that may know, and they said, yeah, here's what's going on, and I felt relief because I missed that person. I'm out of, I feel like I was out of relationships, and later I'm gonna text them myself, but uh, it's about relationships. Everybody say amen again, all right. See, those people in Thessalonica, even though they were not perfect, even though they were not spiritually mature, maybe like us, but at the same time they are valuable. And God expects us to speak value into their lives. In Philippians chapter two, verse four, the Bible says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We're not to be so caught up in our own little lives that there's not time to be involved in other's lives, to call them, to pray for them, to speak into their lives, to, to be a friend, maybe to hand them a few dollars now and then if they're going through a difficult time. So not only are we to be concerned about our own interests but the interest of others. We need to learn to value what God values and God values people. Well, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 21. This is a different translation than I usually use, but it really says it so plainly and well. Some of these people, Paul says in 1 Timothy, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. They don't know God. That is the most important thing in life. And wherever you're at, there at the Michigan campus, Red Bug Lake, online, wherever, in another state, the most important thing in life is to know God. You know, I'm impressed when somebody shoots off all kinds of names, they know football, or somebody knows the stock market. Uh, I I enjoy hearing those things, Or someone knows the top 10 Christian songs. I couldn't name a one, but they know them all. Or, you know, if somebody, if you are one of those that knows every actor on As the World Turns, I don't know about that one, all right? So anyway, Um, but there are people that know a lot of things, but they don't know God. And the word says they have missed the most important thing, and that is to know God. God values people. We are to appreciate those people. We're to be engaged in their life. We're to, even if it's a moment of speaking to them, you know, it's amazing. Um, If you leave this service and you're feeling good, you look good, you looked in the mirror last time, you're like, I look good. And so you're leaving the building and someone says, hey, you okay? You, you, You don't look good. Now, you've got to fight against your knowledge. Your knowledge prior to that word was, you look good. You felt good. But too often, the power of words can move you from where you know reality was a moment ago to a new reality. And all of a sudden, you're headed to the restroom to check yourself out. And you walk in there, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking a little pale there. And uh, dear God, the power of words uh, in your life. You having the power of words. Be careful what you say to someone. I think it was last Wednesday. I was feeling good. I, You know, I was looking the best I could. All right, so anyway, I was out in the lobby and somebody, a precious person, walked up to me. He said, Pastor, you look really tired and I was taken back. I didn't say, really, do I? Uh, That's strange, I felt great a moment ago before you came, and so they're probably listening, but uh, that's okay. But it impacted me. I'm like, you know what, I I am feeling a little kind of tired, and and I'm like, dear God, have mercy. The power of words to say something positive, meaningful to speak value into someone's life. Uh, recently, there were a couple of mom with a couple of little girls, and, and uh, I just said, those are the most beautiful daughters. And it was like those little girls just lit up. Uh, their faces lit up. And to hear those words come into their ears and impact them just that quickly. So let's make sure our words lift up and not depreciate. Amen. Let's make sure that's what happens. Now, this thing about relationships. Let me give you some verses. First Thessalonians chapter five verse eleven: Encourage one another. You and I are commanded: Encourage one another. It didn't say do all you can to encourage people. Then they'll they'll go to their knees. No, you encourage people. Romans chapter twelve verse ten: Give preference to one another. Galatians 5:13. Serve one another. Serve Orlando. Serve one another. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Be humble to one another. There is no one in this place any better than anybody else. We are all equal myself included, for sure. So, God help us. Not Look down on somebody. To look down on someone is to devalue them. No, we look up at people and we speak power with value into their lives. John chapter 13, verse 34. Love one another. Love, love, love one another. So the kingdom of God is made up of first our relationship of knowing Christ and then our our uh, interactions between one another. This is why this year has been really difficult for some. The World Health Organization recently came out with a statement um, and I made sure I kept it because they've they've been criticized some this year, but they came out and said they were coming out against worldwide lockdowns and they were saying, 7,000 scientists signed the letter. 15,000 medical personnel signed the letter. That this, warning of irreparable damage of physical and mental health. 100 million people plunged into poverty. Substance abuse, suicide, physical sexual abuse. All of these things going on. Pain and suffering coming to the surface. Problems that may have been there already, but now they're at the forefront in people's lives. Divorce is taking place across America and maybe around the world in unprecedented numbers in this period of time. And so they're warning against lockdowns, saying that should be the last, last, last result or the last uh, uh, option to go to. Why? Why? because we are seeing the value of relationships. And relationships are needed and necessary. So even if you're isolated and have to be, you got to engage or interact with others. Now, deep and abiding relationships are not automatic. They are built, they are intentional, and they take time and effort. We gotta go out of our way. We gotta make sure that we're doing what we can. It's not just about us, it is about others. Uh, Do not watch only your own interests, but watch out for the interests of others, the Bible says. Now, here's what happens in a church. Here's what happened in relationships. The closer you get to someone, the more flaws you potentially are going to see in that person's life. That's why you get married. You need someone to point out your flaws. And trust me, when you get married, they eventually will point out your flaws. I didn't think I had any before I got married. Come to find out I was full of them. Who knew? I mean, she was just speaking the truth. Truth hurts sometimes. I really liked knowing I was faultless. But anyway, you're not going to grow that way. But people at a distance look good. But the closer you get, the more you can see. But, Don't let that scare you because everybody's got faults. Uh, We all have them. We're all growing. We're all getting better. We're all adding value to our lives. We're all appreciating, maturing, yes. But don't let this scare you. But you get close to people, you're going to see flaws, but don't run away. If you back away at all, make sure you pray for them, you encourage them, you do what you can. Let me, I I don't know whether I should have shown this video or not, but let me show it to you. It certainly illustrates getting closer to something and seeing it differently.
1: Look, a bare hand. We sometimes lay our forehead on it when we feel tired. The envelope of the body, a living border between the inside and the outside, between the wet and the dry, The skin is an assembly of regular cells. It's covered with a network of furrows and plateaus. The translucent spheres are drops of sweat which have reached the surface through pores. The skin thus evolves, breathes and perspires, getting rid of certain wastes of the body. This tormented landscape is our epidermis, magnified 150 times, Within it, the layers of cells are in constant renewal. Cells are already dead when they reach the surface, disposed of and replaced by others produced in deeper layers. Here's a hair, magnified 180 times. Our microscope has unfortunately now reached its limits. Beyond this, nothing more is visible for the moment.
0: How I many just want to go wash your hands right now? I'm just give me some disinfectant, pastor. Right? And what was that white horn-looking thing? I uh, dear Lord, what in the world is down there? Goodness. Well, that certainly illustrates how when you get closer, things look a little different, don't they? But we don't back away from people just because they look a little different up closely. No, we speak value into their lives. And the more flaws a person has, the more they need to hear from somebody else. I said, the more flaws they have, the more they need to hear from people in love. Brother, sister, I love you. Uh, Let me share this. I'm not perfect either, but let me share this. You are valuable. God loves you. I love you. And uh, even if you need to speak into that area of their lives, good, but do it in love. Amen? And uh, we need to just, first of all, practice more speaking good things of value into each other's Lives, okay? Let me encourage you to do that before you walk out of this building and speak something positive into somebody's life. If you're married, ladies, let me encourage you, speak uh, positive things into your husband's life. He recoils. If you uh, speak uh, negative without love and without tenderness, he recoils from that. And the last thing you want to do is never to say anything good about him. Then he goes to work, and there's some woman there that you know, hasn't gotten close enough to know what his faults are, and she's only talking good things. Boy, you look good today, da 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 And so you, as soon as he gets home, why are you late? What you been doing all day? You know, and, uh, and you need to go to the gym. You're gaining too much weight. And so, uh, you know, and then you got somebody over here saying all these positive things. Oh, change your tune today, all right? Now, let me show you the power of this. Let me show you the power of it. Because if there's a woman here and you are being hit on by somebody, some guy at work that you, are, you do not want him hitting on you, but he's doing, let me to tell you how to deal with it. Next time he says to you, boy, you look really good today. You turn around and say to him, boy, it looks like you put on a few pounds, haven't you? Or, I mean, you go for the juggler and you say, um, looks like your hair is thin. You're not going bald, are you? I mean, he is going to turn around and hardly ever speak to you again as long as he lives. You will remedy that. Absolutely. I had a girl. I was dating in high school, college, and she told me I was going to go ball. You, I got rid of her. Well, actually, I think she got rid of me. But anyway, it was, I wanted it that way. I don't want somebody speaking that kind of stuff over my life. Dear Jesus, I need somebody saying something nice, all right, and speaking truth and love, yes, but speaking the positive more than the negative, and speaking life more than death or no death. Don't speak death. All of us are valuable. We're all valuable. None of us are less or more valuable than the other. Christ died for us even when we were sinners. He died for us. Let me close with this story, true story from my life. When I got to Bible college, I was faint-hearted. I was weak. I was not mature, I was not that old in Christ. I saw myself totally, completely different. I saw very little value in my life. I just went there to that Bible college to get away for a month. Um, There were some good things about my life, but overall it was a negative mindset. One day, I went to class, a seven o'clock class in the morning, the professor was late. It was a God thing. Thank God he was late. And in that class, as a Bible college class sometimes does, they started singing. That was new to me. I'd gone to another college, we didn't sing. And they started singing a song of worship. And God really started moving. And here I am young man, don't know what my future holds, don't really know where I'm going, have no idea. I'm just kind of floating through life. And a young girl, about one row over, two seats up, God was moving, and I was entering in, and she gave a word. And that word was from God himself to all of us, but certainly to me that day. And it was this. Right now, you're like a lump of coal that I'm going to take and I'm going to shape and I'm going to apply pressure. I just didn't know at times that pressure would be from people, sometimes from circumstances. But I'm going to apply pressure and I'm going to form you into a diamond. And when I heard that word, it pierced my soul. And I just could not get away from it. For two weeks, I struggled with this. I'm like, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And it kept coming back. God was calling me to ministry and that's the last thing I wanted to do. The last thing. For several reasons, I grew up very poor, all the preachers I knew were poor, I didn't want to be poor. And so, I'm like, God, oh Lord. And finally I got to the point where I'm like, okay Lord, I'll, I'll accept, I'll be poor the rest of my life. It doesn't matter, I've been poor my, all my life anyway, I, I'm used to it. And, uh, but out of that, out of that, I could not get away. From, I knew I was a clump of coal. I could identify. I just couldn't identify with the diamond. But that was God's plan, and that's how really God saw me. Because, you know, diamonds are made out of coal under great, enormous pressure. Diamonds come forth, or so they say. You today may see yourself as a clump of coal. They're at the campus. Maybe there's someone sitting there, and you feel like a clump of coal. You don't really value yourself very much. You have diminished yourself with your own mouth and your own thoughts. There are not really any others speaking into your life. Maybe you've shied away, but I want to challenge you. You may feel like a clump of coal, but God sees you as a diamond and he's gonna shape you and mold you and use people and circumstances, and you're gonna come forth shining, greater than you could ever imagine. So i want to challenge you today. Just say yes to God, yes to his plan for your life. Just say yes. Bow your heads with us, please, all over the building, please. They're at the campuses, they're online, no doubt. There are people listening that you feel the same way. You're diminished. And maybe there's been somebody in your life that has diminished you, spoken over you harshly, no love. But I want you to know something. God loves you and he values you. Don't ever doubt it, don't ever forget it. And understand something today. God is capable of doing some incredible things in your life. Some awesome, incredible things. More than you could ever imagine. And that's what keeps us humble when God starts using us because it just overwhelms us to know we'd still be a lump of coal if it were not for God's grace. So across this building and there at the campuses and online in the atrium, if that's you, you're sitting there and you don't know Christ. Of all the things you know in life, you don't know Christ, the scripture said. Paul says there are those that don't know the most important thing in life, that's God. And so if that's you, or if you've slipped away, maybe this year has caused you to get your focus off Christ, and you've slipped away, you've drifted away, you feel like you don't even know him anymore. I wanna challenge you to come home. Challenge you to get right with God. And for those of you that have never invited your Christ into your life, ever, never. You know about God, you know about the Bible, but you don't know him personally. So in this building, those of you listening, if you need Christ, you need to get right with God I want you right now just to slip your hand up. Just acknowledge it. We're gonna pray for you. Cross this building, yes. Others, quickly, God bless you. Others. Others, you're listening. God's speaking to your heart. Why don't you respond to him right now? He's not telling you what a terrible person you are. He's not speaking into your life, There's, you have no hope. No, he's speaking hope into your life. He's speaking into your life. You can be different. Anyone else in this building? Anyone else here? Lift your hand high, do it now. If you haven't done so already, there at the campuses. Lift your hand, yes. In the back, lift your hand. Lift your hand, wherever you are. God bless you. Someone else. What's it gonna take? What's it gonna take? God's great love awaits you, so turn to him. You've tried other things. You ended up empty. Turn to God. Turn to Him. There at the campuses, online, out in the atrium. Turn to Him. Know Him above everything else you know in life. Stand with us, please. All over the building, stand with us. There at the campuses, the pastor, campus pastor, is going to pick it up. We're gonna open these altars, please. We don't want anyone slipping out yet. It's still a little early, okay? Unusual. So, this is such an important time because there are people in this building, you need Christ, you don't need to walk out of this building without Christ, without knowing that you know you know that Christ lives in your life. You need to know that. So I wanna challenge you today. Maybe you need to turn back to God. Maybe you served God years ago or some time ago, but you've been away, you've been away. It's time to come home. Just like the prodigal, he finds himself in a pig pen and he comes to himself and thinks, my God have mercy on me, I'm going home. There the father met him. And your father in heaven will meet you too. So right now, as people, Pastor John leads us in a chorus. I want to encourage you to slip into the aisle and come to this altar area. Let us pray with you. And then if you have any other need in your life, you too slip out. Come to this altar. Let's pray before you leave this building. Would you do that right now from over here? Let me encourage you. Step out and come. Over here. You raise your hand. Let me challenge you. Step out and come. Make your way to this altar. Jesus, my God and my Lord. Holy Spirit of God. Satan, I find you. I find you. I cast down your plans, your schemes. I command you. To be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit of God, move upon this crowd. Move upon this crowd, Lord God. Move upon this place, Holy Spirit. God, online, touch people's hearts. They are in the atrium, touch their hearts, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My God and my Lord, Holy Spirit of God. There are others in this building. You need to be in this altar. Let me challenge you. Make your way to this altar. Lead us one more time, Pastor John. You step out and come. Let's come. Let's pray. Let's get right with God. Jesus.
2: It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. you are a good God. Father God. 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 God.
0: And so I you I am God my Lord I Jesus 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 Yes these altars are still open Pastor John's going to lead us in a prayer but please there's still time for you to come There's people you're standing there there's part of you that's so wanting to step out and go do it now if not now when step out and come find a place at this altar let's pray let's walk away from this place knowing that christ dwells in our lives pastor john god bless you
2: father in jesus name we thank you you are so good to us and we thank you for moving in this place today god we thank you for God how you've drawn people to your presence even now. We thank you God that those that are come to these altars and those that are reaching out to you over our broadcast we thank you in Jesus name that their lives will never be the same Lord God from this moment forward because you're saving you're turning situations around, you're delivering Lord God, you're answering questions Lord, we just thank you Lord that you're moving in these lives and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as we all leave this time together God that we would not leave your presence but we pray that as we navigate this week to come Lord that you would be with us that you would lead us that you would guide us that you would encourage us that you would give us your joy your hope your peace lord god that only comes from you and i pray in jesus name that when we would gather all together once more that god we will lift you and magnify you with testimonies of how awesome you've been to us in this week to come we love you we thank you and we praise you in jesus mighty name amen and amen God bless you, church. We love you so much. We pray God's blessings on you and your families. These altars will remain open for anyone that would like to come pray or be prayed for. And if you're watching online today, we want you to know you can leave your prayer request on the number that's on your screen. If you call, somebody will pray for your prayer request as well. We love you. You take care. See you soon.